Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm your Dungeon Master, Paul, and I'm so excited for you to finally hear this episode. Season 3 has been a journey, to say the least, but here we are. As all things must do, this season has finally reached its end. Well, to some extent. As is our custom, we will follow tonight's finale with an epilogue. This season's epilogue will give more closure to a lot of the stories that we obviously couldn't fit into one big episode for the finale. So I hope that you'll look forward to that next week. And we will have some more details coming up soon about what the future looks like for MBH. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. But as we typically do, there will be a break between Season 3 and Season 4 of Make Believe Heroes. I will be giving a lot of this information in our Season 3 wrap-up Q&A, which we will be releasing in three weeks. Now, we'll be recording that in about two, two and a half weeks. So as soon as you finish listening to the epilogue, I recommend that you go ahead and start jotting down your questions. I mean, obviously, ask any questions you have from the finale. But once the epilogue is done, we will be looking toward that Q&A, which we'll announce an official date for on all of our social media platforms and on Discord for our patrons and things like that. That's enough. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the finale for Make Believe Heroes Season 3. High above the quaking circle is still. There are, at this moment, dozens of these messed up looking, twisted creatures. They are seemingly created of pure darkness, of some sort of inky black substance. They look like lions, but with no head, just a neck with a single eye coming off of the end of it. Very large. As they're wandering around, watching, listening, trying to find something upon which they can unleash their wrath, the earth beneath their feet begins to tremble. It trembles at first almost unnoticeable, but then it begins to shake uh, furiously. These beasts, they begin to cry out to one another, uh, sort of in a panic, circling around, just as the earth beneath them erupts upward and out of it comes an army an army of devils wielding giant sandworms great machines of war the moment that these great beasts along with all these war machines uh, land atop the earth in this kingdom they go to war suddenly there are great rocks flying across the uh, landscape the great worms and the machines of war have come out, and they are sort of rushing across the land toward these beasts. And the beasts are closing in from every direction, but as they're running forward, they're being taken out by great, like, enormous spears that are shot out of some sort of, like, a mounted crossbow. Stones are being hurled across the land by trebuchets. 
It is effective. It is wounding these creatures. But as you all know, they are pretty resilient. And that is when you see the devils begin to fire off spells. Uh, you're all sort of engaged in this. The four of you, along with Marie and Azuris, are on the back of the queen's giant worm. She is taking you all quickly across the land. And as a row of these creatures, they just sort of appear out of nowhere. They were all around you, but they're just charging from all around the quaking circle. And soon where this army appears is surrounded by these creatures. And just as they're sort of closing in, the earth beneath them begins to open up and just swallow them. And you see all of the terrain that these monsters are on just go crazy. Great chasms open up and swallow them and close again. You see pillars of earth firing up into the sky, shooting these things skyward and then just blasting them with spells and with weapons and everything that they've got. I mean, it is a madhouse. Everything is going crazy. You see Vic atop his great worm just plowing through and just devouring a number of these things. You see King Jord atop his great worm. He is wielding his mace, calling down uh, spells all over these things and sending the earth rending around them and chewing them up. It is a very insane, very loud, it's very sudden. You all erupt from the earth, and it is just exploding around you, and it is full-on open war within moments. Of course, you all do have just enough time to see as these creatures gather themselves and come into an attack. Ooh. You see as one climbs atop one of these worms and immediately just goes to tearing apart devils on their back. And you see that happening more and more. And in spite of the fact that the kingdom of earth and stone is quite impressive. Earth and stone. They are not immune to the strength of these beasts that you all have seen firsthand plowing through devils left and right. And while it would have seemed that perhaps the uh, quaking circle had the upper hand from the get-go, very quickly you can tell that this is going to be a long night for all of them. However, the queen, along with a few of her servants, are plowing forward toward the direction of the Forsaken Circle. The four of you can see far up ahead this black sphere floating above the Forsaken Circle itself. You can also see what almost appears to be an ocean of blackness as beasts are pouring out from the pit beneath this sphere and heading in your direction. They seem almost limitless at this point. That's when you hear Maurice speak up, Saul. Satoris, it is time. If you four are going, I must send you now. Salt takes just a half a second to look at all of them and Misk. Mm. We're going to do this together. Let's go. Are you all ready? As ready as I'll be. We're ready. I'm ready. You will appear just above the sphere. Don't die if you can help it. At least I don't see a dragon. She holds up a clear stone. Uh, it is spherical, and she begins to chant words of power, and this stone begins to glow a purple light. And you saw, you feel a uh, something that you felt many times as this waystone activates, and uh, the four of you just fall. You are falling through an empty space for just a moment, but quicker than you have time to react, suddenly you are in the air above this sphere, probably 30 feet above it, falling toward it. So Misk will make her wings come out? Can she just do that? 
Uh, you can. You have enough time to make your wings come out and catch yourself. Yeah. Saul's just going to draw his rapier and point it in the direction of the sphere as he falls. Okay. What about the other two? I am going to... I don't really have anything to mitigate a fall. That's fine. This is just kind of what's happening. Featherfall. Yeah, I'm, I just leap toward the thing. Try to... Yeah. I imagine like a halo drop, you know? I do. Uh, Saul is just drawing a sword. He's not doing anything to help his fall either. Vance. I also take out my sword and point it at the sphere. Okay. Misk, you sort of uh, grow. Uh, your wings grow out from your back, and you are able to slow your descent as the four of you sort of plummet toward this sphere, not really knowing what to expect. The moment that you are about to collide with it, Miss kind of hanging back a bit, Saul pointing his sword downward, uh, Vance doing the same, and Char just preparing himself for a collision, you hit. It is a solid surface, but not hard, bouncy, if I can use that word, for Char and for Misk, but not for Vance. Mm. Also not for Saul. Oh. You two pass right through it like water. Oh, no. You did not just separate the party. Saul, you are falling through a blackened sky, and you've got your sword pointed down, hoping to probably dig into this sphere, but you pass right through it. Vance, the exact same thing happens to you, and suddenly you are falling through space in utter blackness. I mean, it is a darkness like you, very similar to what you experienced, I would say, when you were inside the Blade of Stone, if not even worse, Saul. You can't see a foot in front of your face. And you are all falling. I believe I can fly. But you can't. Uh, (laughs) For it seems like a much longer time than it is. And you you hit the wall sort of. What it is is you sort of land on an incline. And you go from a free fall into a free slide. And you are now sliding down the inside wall of this sphere. As is Sir Vance. Char, you and Misk have landed on top of this sphere. uh, And there you are for a moment. Char, we have to get through this. Char starts beating on the bouncy bubble, trying to get through it. It does not. Misk pulls out her sword okay. and attempts to hit it. Just, she don't know what to do. Okay. She's kind of frantic. Right. So, Saul, you and Vance slide to the bottom of this sphere. You come to a stop on a hard platform that is obviously inside this sphere stretches apparently from edge to edge not that you can see it you're standing up you're you're sort of trying to gather yourself vance you look around and you notice first with your better vision that far ahead there is some light there is a light off in the distance from where you are it seems farther away than the span of this sphere from the outside like it looks that that light is farther from you now than the entire width of this sphere when you're outside of it it seems to be larger inside Saul whispers, Shh. Do you see anything? There's a light. Lead the way. Can I see, like, around me? You can see around you to some extent, but it is because you have the devil's eye, right? That gives you the devil's sight. It gives you better vision. Yeah. I can tell that Char and Misk aren't here, right? Yes, you can definitely tell. Char and Misk didn't make it in. <sighs> We have no choice. We have to try something. All right, there's a light over that way, but it seems farther than than even 
the width of the sphere appeared from the outside. Great. It's untelling where we actually are. Okay. Let's go. You two start moving forward stealthily? Oh yeah. Saul's being extra careful, extra quiet. Alright, well then both of you give me a stealth check. Uh, like I have disadvantage on stealth. Yeah, I was about to tell you you do, because of chainmail. So mine's only a fifteen altogether. With disadvantage, I have a three. Okay. <laughs> you are moving forward. Char and Misk, Char, you are beating on the outside of this bubble, whatever it is. You can hear the roar of the war going on just not far from where you are. You turn and you can see from as high up as you are just the chaos of the war off to the side. Misk, you have drawn your sword, which is now a long sword, mm-hmm. and you are going to try and, what, stab through this just, through sphere? Yeah, she just doesn't know what to do. Okay, go ahead and make me an attack roll. It's an 18. Here we go. Okay. You bring your sword up and you sort of like just stab right down into it. Try mm-hmm. to. And when you do, you feel your sword pierce through the layer of the skin of this this thing, but not all the way through. Mm-hmm. But you do feel like you have sort of started. Char, my sword, it's actually went through a little bit. I don't know if you should try. Do you have a sword or something? I do not. I have a mace. No, I have a crowbar and a hammer. Right. Okay. So. Yes. Yeah. Char takes the crowbar and tries to hammer it into the thing. Okay. And while he's doing that, he says, so what, what do Vance and Saul have that we don't? I'm guessing it's Paylor's power. Yes. So. I'm guessing that too. Do you have any divine bardic magic? No. If only we had a cleric. <laughs> uh, oh only. gosh! Uh, so Char, just try your best. We have to get to them. Char opens a spell book to look okay. for something divine. I have to spell magic, but I have a feeling that this would be beyond my means. Do I know if that would help? Dispel magic. Yeah. You you do not know if that would help. You don't know if this is magic or some sort of actual physical thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is the Unchained. Yeah, this is it. So I'm just going to keep going at it with my crowbar and hammer. Okay. Because I don't think Dispel Magic will handle this. Go ahead and give me some sort of a skill check. A strength, I guess it would be. Let's do a, be a strength sh- check. Let's do a strength check. That would be an eight. Okay. So you managed to get your crowbar into the opening, but you're not making any headway. Saul... You and Vance are moving through the darkness. And with every step, you can hear the clank of Vance's armor. (laughs) Vance, you're going to get us killed. Here, stand right there. Don't move. And Saul's going to, like, do a quick circle around Vance's current position. Okay. And get a better, better look at what's going on around him, if anything. You can see the light up ahead. I'm going to go ahead, hang back, wait for my signal. Don't move. It's still pretty far ahead, but okay. Well, okay, then he goes a little bit further ahead and then tells him that. <laughs> okay, so you kind of are wanting to get closer to it before you have him stop and wait. Correct. Okay. Char, Misk, go ahead, Misk. Do what do you want to do? You want to try and slash it again? 
I can try to like thunderclap it or something. That's a cantrip. Okay. You can give it a shot. Well, that's a con save of fifteen for. Yeah, for this, it's not. It's not. It can't make saves. So instead, just make me an Arcana check. Ah. That was awful. That's not very good. It doesn't seem to have any effect. You did it. Char, why don't you go ahead and make me another strength check? See if you can drive this crowbar farther. I got a six. I want to make another strength check. Ten. Okay, so you you hammer your crowbar in a little further. Now you have a decent sort of wedge on it, and you're trying to kind of pull it open. And you've done somewhat. You seem to be holding it open uh, to the point that perhaps Misk could get a better... Vantage. I don't know if vantage isn't the word I'm looking for. Like, position her sword in a better way where maybe she could slice through it. Because when she first went through it, she hadn't cut all the way through, right? right? Just sort of stabbed a little opening for the crowbar. You have now, from what you can tell, driven it all the way through. And you're holding. Saul, you come to a place where the ground, whatever this is, that you can't really see, that you're walking on, begins to rise up a bit toward this light. Is this where you have Vance wait? Yep. Okay. You tell Vance to wait. Does Vance comply? Yeah. Do you need another stealth check? From you? Yeah, go ahead and give me another one. That's a 17 total. Okay. You approach the light slowly and quietly. There's no cover that you can see. The only thing that you can see is the light. Until you get within, I don't know, 50 or so feet of it. The closer you get, the more you can tell that this is a very large thing, whatever this is. It's, I don't know if I were to give you a dimension, it's probably at least 100 feet in diameter. And it is a bright blue and white light. It seems to be churning with some sort of power. You can feel pure energy radiating off of this thing. It's a familiar energy. Familiar? And the only other thing that you see as you get close enough is you see a figure kneeling before it, facing outward. This figure is red-skinned, large horns, and he is kneeling with great chains wrapped around his body and his head bowed low. It's Daddy. What is your next act going to be? Are you going to approach or are you going to go back to Vance? He hasn't seen Saul yet. Not that you can tell. He hasn't acknowledged you in any way. Saul is just going to whisper a quick prayer to Paylor. Okay. Sun God, it's time. I need you. And he's going to cast Sanctuary. Okay. On himself. Okay. Misk, Char has wedged open a place where you could fit your sword down inside of this sphere and try and cut your way through. Char, just kind of hold that open. I'm, I think I could sneak through that. Uh, oh, it's not nearly big enough for your body. But we need another swipe of my sword. You need to stick your sword down in there and try and cut through it. I'm going to try this again. Okay, I, I'm holding it. 17. You put your long sword down inside this opening that he's created, and you pull with all your might, and you're able to rip through this thick, black, inky sphere enough where the two of you could slide down through. I love how we, they literally prod with a crowbar Literal into crowbar. the darkness. Yes. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like trying to put a tire back on a rim over here. <laughs> okay, so Char, she has the opening cut for you. Do you go inside? I go inside. You follow after him? Yeah. Two of you fall, much like Saul and Vance did, 
until you uh, collide with the incline of this sphere and slide down to the bottom. You are both completely blind, except for in the distance, you can see what seems to be some sort of light, lightly glowing in the distance. Saul. I cautiously move towards the light. Saul does not respond, Misk. She's just going to stay with Char. Okay. As you two are walking forward slowly, cautiously, Saul, you've cast Sanctuary. What do you do? I silently draw my rapier. Okay. You're stepping forward. I mean, I'm going to try to maintain stealth. Mm-hmm. I mean, Saul's kind of expecting that as magical as his father is, that he's probably going to detect him somehow, but he's going to try to stealthfully approach his father with the intention of killing him. So you are stepping forward. You've drawn your rapier. You are moving very slowly. You are trying to get within arm's reach quietly as you can. As you come near, you can see as his head is bowed and he is on his knees wrapped in these chains that the skin of his forehead still bears that black swirly and that it is turning. And as just as it seems that you're about to get within arm's reach, his eyes turn up toward you. So you have come, and at such an opportune time, my son, we're nearing the end now. Yes, father. It will be a pleasure to kill you, sir. And he's gonna try to stick that rapier right between his eyeballs. Um, okay. So go ahead and make me an attack roll. I'm gonna run that direction when he says that. It's a 13 on the dice, plus 6 is a 19. Okay. Uh, You quickly step forward, jabbing your rapier toward his head. He jerks his head so that the sword does connect, actually. Connects with an ear, ripping it clean off. Oh, I'm done. Episode's (laughs) over. Uh, You've severed your father's ear. He does not seem remotely phased. And it's not in a tough guy sort of way. It's in a separated from all feeling sort of way. He doesn't reach up to his ear. He doesn't look down to pick it up or react. He settles back down on his other knee where he had leaned over. This is a waste of time. My son. Saul, like, takes a couple steps back in, like, disgust. Mm. What is wrong with you? What is that? And he points at the orb. You know what this is. Don't you recall, my son? It's warmth. It's power. Can't you see them? All of the souls. What? All of them. Every soul from every hell, except for the quaking. And that only for a few moments longer, they have finally broken free from their halls. And today, it will claim them all. Today, he will rise. He stands up. You may strike me down, son, if you would like. But I do not expect that it will let me die. Saul uh, reaches down and picks up that ear. Okay. Important. You know, sir, 
you really are the worst thing that ever happened to me. And he uh, starts walking towards the orb. He's going to light his sword on fire. Okay. I don't remember exactly how this works, but perhaps I can channel its power myself. And uh, he, he doesn't know whether to stab it or to try to pull from it, but he's going to go towards it. Toward the sphere? Yeah, I don't really remember like their, their power sources, so I don't really remember how the devils use them. If Saul knows how to use it, he's going to try to use it for himself. Okay. If Saul doesn't, he just he's going to take a paler lit rapier and stab into it. Saul doesn't know how to use it for himself, but as he's approaching it, it doesn't really matter because uh, you notice that the chains around Serastus start to move, and it's at that moment that you notice that they are actually running into the sphere, and they have suddenly grown tight, and out of the sphere comes a headless neck followed by a great black barreled chest and two claws and holding between these two claws there's a light a small purple light it's about this time uh, Misk and Char that you reach the steps of this platform and you can now see something sort of coming out of the light Uh, do you all pick up the pace yes Misk is going to run as fast as she can Servants. It's been bathing in the soul's power. First, I'm cautious. Then whenever Misk takes off, I just take off. But I still lag behind a little bit. You trail her. Right. What is Sir Vance doing? I want to stab into the thing that he was saying he would want to possibly stab into. Okay, so now the dragon is coming out between you and the sphere. Like the moment that Saul steps toward it, the dragon is coming out of it. And he said something was blowing on it that we could see already? It's raised up on its back feet, and between its front claws, it is wielding between its hands, its 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 claws, this light, a glowing purple sphere. Its wings spread out wide between you and the sphere of souls, and with a uh, great flap of its wings, it tries to blow you back. Oh! Both you guys give me a strength saving throw. Yeah, that's a 15. Mine's a 7. Okay. The two of you are not knocked prone or anything, but you are blown back, just, you know, sort of leaning into this wind as it is blowing you back and sliding you backward. Awesome. It steps forward with a crash. You guys are blown back about the time that Misk and Char arrive at the top of the steps beside you. The dragon releases the sphere. It falls slowly down to the floor beneath it. And as this sphere connects with the earth, it explodes in light, uh, like a pillar of purple light. It's kind of blinding for just a moment. As this sort of flash effect takes place and you're all sort of blinded, just trying to adjust for just a moment, you see as your sight is coming back into view, there's a, a figure of light standing before you in front of this dragon. And the dragon is leaned over with its neck dripping out this inky flesh or blood or whatever all over this figure of light. And as it does, it is sort of turning and um, you can see arms moving around sort of like it's bathing in it. And then this figure has completely taken shape. And you all see a man standing there. He turns to face you all, slicking his hair back. He is wearing black and purple robes. He has a wide grin on his face. 
and on his lapel, a swirly. And Saul, you immediately recognize one Braxen Tarek. Well, if it isn't my favorite tiefling. Well, hello, Braxen. It's time for you to die again, I guess. Is it? Where's Brackle? <laughs> Somewhere he wakes up in a cold sweat. <laughs> I thought I would never see your ugly face again, peasant. Well, it seems that even death cannot keep us apart. And your dear sister is here once again. How's the shiv? Has he been taking care of things up there for me since my untimely demise? But what do you know? Even a god can't keep a good man down. I hate this guy. Saul's just smiling wickedly. The dragon places a claw on the shoulder of Braxton, and he looks up at it, and you hear this sort of rumbling, humming sound in its chest, and then the dragon turns and goes back into the sphere a second time. Well, it seems that you've come at a bit of an inopportune time for us, and so, if it's all right with you, I'll just kill you all now. You can try. <laughs> Good luck. I'll take your ears from my belt. Uh, let's go ahead and roll some initiatives. Char has a five. He is really good at this. I got a natural 20. Oh, That's wasted. Meh. Plus one. 21. I mean, as long as you get to go before him. Hopefully. 12. 12. Saul? 14. As you all are standing there, wielding your weapons, gathering your strength, Braxton lifts up off the floor. He's a cheater. He begins to float up above you all. I can't believe it's this jerk again. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be fun. Vance, you go first. So he lifted up off the ground? Yeah. He did. How high? Uh, He's lifting up off the ground. Oh. He's like 15 feet maybe, or going toward that. He's probably not that high, maybe 10 feet up right now. Cut his legs off. Okay. I'm going to cast Hex on Braxton Tarek. Uh, I'll choose wisdom, and then I'm going to attack him. Do it. Do it. Kill him to death. Do it. So I pull out my sword, my great sword. Your sword. The inverse of the Hellburner blade. I don't have inspiration, do I? Did you roll that one? <laughs> I did. Oh my gosh. You do have inspiration. This is not mm. how we start. I do. If this is it, you have. Ins- <laughs> I'm looking. It says you have inspiration. Okay. Well, I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use it. That is a thirteen plus eight. So. Okay. Twenty-one. Thirteen plus eight is enough to hit. Sixteen. So you slash him for sixteen damage. I'm attack him again. Okay. That's a uh, eighteen total. Ooh. That's a hit. Hmm. Four more is eighteen, and I want this time. I was wanting to cast divine smite. Smite it. Uh, that's nine more damage. All right. That was 27 total damage. That's a lot of damage. Good. That's just from the second attack. He deserves <laughs> it. So you swipe at him twice, and as you do, he is, he is trying to get up out of your reach. All right. <laughs> Next up in line is Satsaris. Yeah. But before you can go, Satsaris, you notice as these slashes come across him, he gets a grimace on his face. Uh, you need to be dealt with, don't you? I don't know you, but uh, let's get close, shall we? And out of his fingers come these long black tendrils of power, and they shoot down at you, Vance, with a legendary action. 
Ooh. He's going to try and hit you. And he rolls a natural 20. No, he doesn't. You're a liar. He, what is that, Fletcher? He really did. Thank you. He really did. On the Napolitan dice. <laughs> you cheated. Those dice right, are really what destroy us every time. Let's see. Yeah. So... He's really picking up a lot of dice. This is a bad way to start, guys. Oh, no. Ooh. Woo. 17 plus 4 is 21. At least it's Servant, so no one will care. Truth. You take 21 psychic damage. Okay. So these tendrils come down, they wrap around you, and they are just, like, stabbing into you with these tiny little, like, needles. And as they do, you feel your mind just screaming. And you are grappled, and thus you are stunned. As long as you are grappled, which means that you are incapacitated, you can't move, you automatically fail strength and dex saves, and attack rolls against you have advantage. On your turn, you can make an intelligence saving throw to try and get out of it. So I'm grappled and stunned? You are, uh, and I will also give you, if anyone attacks him and does him damage, I might, if it's a good enough damage, I might give you a chance to make a save when it's not your turn. So. I'm going to channel my divinity as a reaction to Servant's taking damage. And okay. I'm going to scream out and point my flaming sword at him and say, Let him go! And uh, he has to take a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, he's going to take radiant damage equal to the damage he just dealt. Okay. And on a successful one, he's going to take half. A wisdom saving throw? And what's the DC? Wow. Yes, DC 14. Uh, that, I think, meets... Looks like he succeeds, unfortunately. So half. Half radiant damage. So he takes 10 radiant. Uh, so as this like fire leaps up from your sword and strikes him with this radiant flame, he looks down a little surprised. I see someone's had a bit of an upgrade, haven't you, Satsaris? He uh, shows off his paler marked rapier. I like to say I'm no longer fighting alone. Ooh. I like it. It's your turn. Oh, I'm going to go stick that flaming sword inside of him. Okay. Servance is already up there, so the best thing I can do is do a rapier attack. That is terrible. <laughs> I rolled a nine total. Okay, so that is a miss. Great. Um, disengage, use my move to get a little bit away from him. Okay. Misk. So Misk will fly up. Okay. And she'll cast Spirit Guardians at third level. You cast it, and when he begins his turn there next to you, he will take damage and make a save. So I'm going to Bardically Inspire Servants, Mm -hmm. and just like after I cast the uh, Spirit Guardians, Mm -hmm. they all just kind of look over, and it's like we're all up. Like me and the Spirit Guardians all at once are like, come Come on, on, Servants, for for Paylor. Paylor. Okay. Vance, you have Bardic Inspiration. Oh, yeah. And it is now Braxton's turn. Mm. No. I'm afraid your human friend is a little, just a bit indisposed right now. So why don't you go away? Uh, he's going to cast a spell called Wall of Force. Ugh. I remember that one. I hate that spell. And he is going to try and send you flying backwards. Yes, it's his favorite with this spell. Uh, so he is going to basically just put it right in front of you so that you can't get to him. Of course, before he can actually even cast that spell, he does have to make a save, which I forgot until just now. I can't cut that. Saving throws, I cannot cut. That is accurate, but I don't think you're going to have to. 
He rolled three, so I'm pretty sure that's a failure. It doesn't matter what it is. He's, he doesn't have a plus 12 to anything or whatever. Yeah, it's 15 So, Spirit wisdom. Guardians. Uh, so, now he is going to do what? He takes... He takes 3d8 Ooh. of radiant damage because okay. they're Go ahead happy. and roll that. Also, his speed is halved in the area. Kill him to death. Kill, kill. So that's 18 damage yeah. with the Spirit Guardians. So, that's a pretty good hit. He is immediately just like zapped, attacked by all these little tiny misc devils uh, or angels, whatever they are. And he spends his action casting Wall of Force, creating an invisible wall that you feel yourself collide into and pushes you back out from him. And you've never experienced this before, but Saul definitely has. Oh, great. And now it is Char's turn. He uses a magical wall to block you. You have to go out in multiple angles. Can I get to him? Yeah, after Saul yells that out, you might realize coming straight forward to him. He's up in the sky. It's not like you don't really know how far wide it is or whatever. But I can't reach him physically, right? Physically right now, no. He has flown up about 20 feet. Okay. Okay. I see you, Braxel. I see you, boy. Somewhere Brackel is like having fiendish nightmares. So since I can't reach him, I won't be able to do the one thing. But since I can reach him, I want to try to circle around. And I want to cast... Zone of Truth. I mean, that's what I was planning. I want to cast Ray of Sickness. Interesting. Try to zap him with some greenish energy that lashes out toward a creature within range. And he's that creature. Okay. If if it wasn't clear. Okay. Uh, That's a 22. Okay. Uh, That is a hit. Yeah. He also, well, first of all, he's going to take 48 damage. That's 20 damage, and he has to make a con save. Okay. What's the DC? 15. Okay. Uh, that's a failure. He failed? Well, then he is poisoned. Poisoned? Poisoned. And he's dead. I'm just kidding. Yes. He is yeah. poisoned. He just dies. Oh, my gosh. He died. He's poisoned. <laughs> so what exactly does it, what all does poison do? Until the end of my next turn. What does it do? It gives him disadvantage on attack rolls, doesn't it? think so. You can look that up to clarify. Uh, right this exact moment, though, he is going to use another one of his uh, legendary actions. Dang. And he is going to activate a spell, and uh, yelling out after this thing hits him on the side, he says, You, <laughs> you fools have no idea just what you've gotten yourselves into. And he is going to blast a spell in a cone. It is a... Uh, Let's see, a 60-foot cone, and he's going to aim it in such a way, kind of based on where you're all at, that he can hit Saul and Char beside that are kind of coming up here beside him. I need you both to make a DC 15 intelligence saving throw. Was that me? Mm-hmm. You and Saul. Ooh, I rolled a 15. I met it. I rolled an 11. So, Saul, you save. Thank Paylor. 13. That's actually not too bad. You take 13 damage, Char, but you're also stunned for one minute. That means that you are incapacitated. You can only speak falteringly. Uh, You fail strength and dex saves, and attack rolls against you have advantage, and you can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of your turns. Okay? Ah. (laughs) Now it is Servance's turn again. Servance. I'll tell you what. Let me give you a freebie from all that damage he took from Everybody, I said I would and I didn't. So let me give you one free save to see if you've managed to save during his turn. So make me an intelligence saving throw. That is a 17 plus. 17 plus. 
17 is enough. So you manage to escape the grapple as it rolls into your turn. We'll say that you are able to shake free from it. Uh, you fall, landing on your feet, and it is your turn. It's my turn. You're beneath him. He's about 25 feet up. So, you know, out of your out of your near reach. What a cheater. Misk is in the air in front of him. He is surrounded by her little devil thingies. Saul is on the ground beside you. Char just took a hit and looks like he is stunned. And, of course, the great glowing orb is behind you, along with Serastus kneeling before it. What do you do? You're making me think of other things. Well, it's, it's your call. What does Vance, what does Vance do? No, nah, what I want to do is cast a spell. What are you casting, bro? It's called Earthbind. Okay. Ooh. Is that the one with Ness? Yes, but with a different letter. So he has to succeed on a strength saving throw, or his flying speed is reduced to zero. Ooh. Wow. That's great. Okay. Drag him out of the sky. Now, I will tell you, he has advantage on these sort of saving throws. Of course he does. What's the DC? It's uh, a 13. So he rolled a 1? And a twelve. Oh, perfect. But his twelve, his did. strength is a zero, so oh. he fails. Oh, oh, seriously? Yes. Sweet. He fails. What? <laughs> Down, wow. Roll that falling damage, Paul. Mm. Well, does he it, fall? No. It says, down, right? yeah. It says an airborne creature affected by the spell safely descends at sixty oh. feet per round until it reaches the ground. Safely, he is brought all the way down with no damage. Vance, do you do anything else? That's all I'm gonna do this turn, I guess. Do you move or anything like that? No, if he's falling towards me, I'm just gonna wait for him there. So, uh, now it is Sotsaurus's turn. He is now right in front of you, Saul. That is awesome. Saul's gonna make a point of going to a different angle than the last person that attacked him. Okay, and uh, yeah, I think Saul's just gonna keep going with the Paylor Rapier. He's going to move to, you know, a different side and try to stick it in him. Okay. That was almost a natural one, but it rolled to a 13. So that's a <laughs> 19 total. That is a hit. Yeah, girl. So I'm going to roll 1d8 plus 5 and my sneak attack because I'm there with help. Yes. <laughs> the d8 is a 5, so that's 10 total there. And then the sneak attack is what? 3d6 right now. It's 11 sneak attack damage. And then, because my sword is on fire, he takes 2d6 of fire radiant damage. Okay. That sword is on fire. Fire. (laughs) Which is 7 radiant damage. 27 damage. Yeah. It's another big hit. 7 of which is radiant. You skewer him with your rapier, and it is burning him with his fire. I I have no intention of dying here again today. You realize that this is the end for you and all of your kind. He is coming. (laughs) Looks like he's already here. This looks like a good place to stop him. As he says that, the tendrils come out of him and try to grab you. Now he's got disadvantage because he's poisoned. Yeah. He rolled an 18 and a 19. Wow. Uh, So you're going to get hit. Wow. Great. Wow. I uncanny dodge. Uh, yeah, you might want to. <laughs> I dodge canny un. So he only gave you 14, uh, 18 damage, 18 psychic damage. Only. <laughs> only. You can half that, though, if you want. That's your one reaction this turn. Yep. 
Okay, so you take nine damage and you are grappled by this stuff. You feel it sinking into you and you are stunned. Now it is Misk's turn. Misk. So she's going to move over toward him. Okay. Like have her guardians come over with her and try to surround him again. She's probably just going to use Thunderclap and she's going to pull out her loot and cast it so it's a con save 16. Okay. Instead of... Is that a cantrip? It's a cantrip. That's a failure. So we roll 2d4, no, 2d6s. That's seven damage. And then hopefully he, when he starts his turn or whatever. Okay, yeah, he is now starting his turn next to you. He's going to roll to save. He does save, so he takes half damage. Yes. So go ahead and roll the damage. So he takes five. He's laughing. He's cackling. (laughs) Don't you fools understand? This body is nothing. Didn't you see me just get it? It was gifted to me by the crooked god. And if you destroy this one, he'll just make me a new one. This is the end for you all. And he is going to use a legendary action. Goodness gracious. His tentacles that are in your body, Saul, are suddenly going to dig up toward your head. We're not doing this again. Uh Uh-uh. Saul says no. Yeah, very familiar. Saul, you take 39 psychic damage. What? Can I cut those? Uh, Cut the damage? Yeah. I think that you can. Roll a D8. So it's only four. Okay, so you take, what I say, 39, so you take 35. Mm. Well, that sucks. So what are you at, Saul? I'm now at six. Okay, but you're still alive? Yeah, kinda. That's good, because if he if he had dropped you to zero right then, it would have been an instant death, just so you're aware. You might want to keep that in mind. Get him off of me. Especially since it is his turn, and he is going to cast... Lightning bolt in your direction, Misk. So I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. That's a ploop. That's eight. That's not good. No. Not cool. Lightning bolt comes firing out of him toward you. It's actually a lot less than it could have been. It's 25 damage. You take 25 lightning damage as this bolt comes flying out toward you. He is cackling. (laughs) You're all going to die here. Char. Is it my turn? You are stunned. No. Right? Still. So I basically can't do anything this turn. I'm thinking that's what it means, because incapacitated means you can't take actions or reactions, right? That's correct. So you're stunned. You need to make me a saving throw. What kind was it? I'm sorry. It is an intelligence saving throw. Oh, Char's dumb. It's a five. (laughs) You're still stunned. At that moment, though, as you are stunned and looking around trying to gather yourself, you notice as the uh, sphere behind Vance, two hands come out of it once again. Draconic claws. It steps out again, rumbling in its chest, and between its hands, it has another light. This one is black, but with a white sort of halo of light around it. Braxton sort of shifts to the side looking up. (laughs) Yes, now you will all learn. And the dragon lowers this light to the ground. It touches the ground. And when it does, there is another flash of light. It is black and white spiraling. As it fades, 
standing there is a woman. She is very tall. She is wearing a long black robe slid up to her knee. On her head is an obsidian crown with a swirly in the front. There would be. And Vance, you recognize as the dragon steps through purring and its tail comes and wraps around her feet. Dimvarga. I quit. You're a monster. Mm. You're a monster. She is looking down at her hands and she looks stunned. Then she looks around seeing you all there. For a moment she seems just sort of like, you know, confused, unsure, and then her eyes fall on Sir Vance. Hello, Vance. How are you here, you filthy witch? Vance, don't be so hurtful. It's just as I told you all in the grove. I wish it didn't have to be this way. She steps towards you, Vance. You've come all this way. For what? Braxton's laughing on the ground. <laughs> For nothing. To die. To witness the birth of the great god. The crooked father. He's coming. She looks stoically toward you, Vance. There's still time. You can join us. You can all join us. Just bow the knee. <laughs> or would you choose death? I didn't bow the knee the first time, and I was willing to die the first time, believing a lie. But this time I know the truth, and I intend to kill you if you're even really alive and make everything right. I see. So still a fool, then. Imvarga turns to Serastus, again down on his knees. Devil, it is time to begin. We will take this repository of souls, and with its power, we shall finally unleash that which is changed. Serastus begins mumbling and chanting under his breath, and that enormous blue sphere of souls begins to churn faster and more violently. Misk, you feel your cloak sort of trembling. No! And then she snaps her head toward you. Oh my gosh. And she raises a hand toward you, points a finger in your direction. That belongs... To me. If it belongs to you, I don't want it anymore. You need to make me a saving throw. Charisma. That's your jam. Oh, that's a good roll, 19 girl. 19 plus 7. 19 plus 7. <laughs> Let's see, a 26. That's actually not enough. You, you say, oh, really? but you feel that she was trying to charm you. Charming? Is that all you have? I see. Then I suppose I will have to just rip it from your dead body. The dragon raises up behind her and lunges towards you, Misk. Ah, crap! Stay away from my sister! 
in that exact moment as this dragon is charging toward you, you all hear a war cry screaming from above you, and you look up in time to see a few people just flying down toward the group of you. You see Mari, you see Howler, you see Zori, and you see Azuris whooping down in your direction. Howler lands right in front of you, Misk, and brings his sword up to try and just attack this dragon to block it. Mm. Of course, he does not block it. The dragon pummels into both you and him, (laughs) and you all fall to the ground in sort of claws, just uh, going crazy. Uh, Azorus lands and quickly comes over to Char and administers some help. And Char, go ahead and make me another saving throw with advantage. Ooh, I like this part. (laughs) Uh, 17. That'll do. Uh, you feel unstunned. Uh, Saul Marie quickly swoops down beside you, drawing her sword in unison. We're going to go right back into initiative. But first, Vance, it is your turn. Mm. And as you turn, drawing your sword, undoubtedly planning to march toward this queen and kill her, you feel something grab your wrists. Oh, gosh. You look down. And you see a skeletal red hand holding your wrist. And it is Serastus. Oh, great. You feel something pulse through your body. I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Mm. Well, that is a three great. plus two, five. You feel yourself go weak in the knees. You are sort of immobilized for a moment, and you fall. You're falling prone toward him. Mm. And he grabs you, pulling him down toward him. As you're falling, he says, When you get back, kill me. And then he pushes you into the orb. What? Vance, you fall into this orb, and hot. Power is radiating all around you. You're falling. It's loud. It's hard for you to focus. And just when you feel like you're about to just go mad, everything stops. You feel a warmth in your chest. And you can sense the power of Palor welling up inside of you. As that happens, all of this power, this sort of storm of power around you, it it splits, and there is a pathway. And you can walk on it. You land. You feel yourself walking forward. You can hear whispers all around you, screaming, yelling, talking, whispering. But you hear a voice, a very familiar voice. And it is just a prayer repeated. Please, Paylor, find me. Please, Paylor, send, send Vance. He'll find me. He'll find me. And you just hear it again and again. Sin Vance. He'll find me. He'll find me. And as you walk forward, you see a single soul on this path, knelt down, praying. 
and it is Guy Clark. Send Vance. He'll find me. Does he see me? He doesn't. He is knelt. He is praying. Eyes closed, hands together. Send Vance. He'll find me. So I walk up quietly. Mm-hmm. Put my hand on his shoulder. Yeah. Your prayers have been answered. He stops. His hands fall, wet with tears. He looks up at you. His mouth splits in a wide grin. His eyes full of tears. I knew. I knew that you'd find me. And he quickly jumps up and he just takes you in a big embrace. How did you get here? I was looking everywhere for you. I even made it to the astral plane. I've been searching all over the hills. The hells? We're in the hells somehow right now. How did you get here? I mean, I know I wasn't like the best guy. <laughs> but I don't think I was destined for the hells. I mean, I don't know. We were in the grove and suddenly I was, I was just, everything just went black. And then I uh, woke up here. I remember uh, the dragon. I remember the dragon. Yeah. It's like it, I latched onto it or it latched onto me. I don't know. I can sort of remember it like it was holding me. I don't know how or why, but I've been here. There's so many others here. So many. But they're so loud. I can't, I can't speak to them. But I knew if I prayed, Paylor would hear and you would find me. Sorry I couldn't protect you the first time. It's all right, Vance. I was actually about to face her again. Demvarga? Yes. Is she not dead? We did everything we could, but it wasn't enough. But now we have more power and we're facing her again. If I can get out of here with you... I'm not going to be any good against the dragon. I mean, I showed that the first time, Vance. <laughs> I don't mean that you're going to fight her, I'm just saying. I intend to kill her for good this time. Vance, if, if you get me out of here, I'm going on. You know? I've been here long enough, Vance. I'm dead. I, I want to see the astral plane. Didn't know how you would feel about it. About what? Staying in a sphere of souls for the rest of eternity? No, thank you. Well, I, I made it. Well, it didn't really make a deal, but I got Atonia to preserve your body, basically. What? So I could come find you and bring you back. Bring me back? Yeah. You didn't deserve to die. Well, I'm not going to argue with you there. I mean... Look, you know, I don't know what to say about all that. Bring me back. I never even considered. But for now, can't you bring me back from, from there? In the astral plane? I have to be here? Yes, I could do that. Presumably. We had the means to do it the first time, but it was like there was no answer to the spell. Well, Vance... And I now know the reason. I'll think let I need time. <laughs> this is a lot. For now, it seems like maybe there is a 
dragon, and you need to kill it. Yes. So, so get me out of here, man. Let's let's go. I'll go to the astral plane, and we'll see about bringing me back. Well, I well, like I said, I went to the astral plane already searching for you, and somehow that idiot Loric ended up there. <laughs> well, yeah. After he is the one who killed you. You know, I'm not so sure about that. After talking to him there, I feel less certain about it myself. It all rolls back around to the filthy witch. Why don't you go put a stop to this? That's what I intend to do. Well, let's go. Alright, but I'm not really sure how to get out of here, but we gotta figure something out. Outside the churning sphere of souls, the dark chamber of the Forsaken is suddenly alight with fire, magic, and the roar of battle. Across the large black platform, Misk strums her loot, blasting a lightning bolt toward the great black dragon. Okay, Felicia, I'm going to go ahead and roll this save. Mine is a dex save of 16 because okay. I have my loot out. He rolled for the 16. He rolled a 12. His dex save is a plus 7, so oh, he saves. Dang. So, so he takes half, so you can go ahead and roll the damage for that. 25. 25 half. Okay, so as your lightning bolt just blasts toward the headless beast of Dimvarga, it sort of shifts out of the way, and the lightning just grazes its wings as it's lunging toward you, claws bared. Takes 12 damage. Lunging toward you, Howler, there with you in the mix, he brings his sword up as the beast connects with both him and you, Misk, slashing his Hellburner blade across its inky chest. He rolls uh, uh, okay, a 21. So with a 21, he slashes across this beast for 17 damage. Ha-cha-cha. At the same moment, Marie soars forward toward Dimvarga, hovering above her. She chants an incantation, quickly trying to capture her with a hold monster spell. And Dimbarga's going to roll for it. And she was a natural 20. She is completely oh, unfazed by this whole crap. person. Wow. Ooh. The black Dracon Kelly turns, meeting her eyes, and shrugs it off with a net 20 on her saving throw, completely unaffected. And now marching toward Misk to reclaim her cloak. Is Braxton still near me? He is. Yeah, he's still right in here. I'm going to attack him with a spell. Inflict wounds, maybe? Yes, that's the one. Inflict wounds. As the chamber is filled with the clamor of battle, Braxton Tarek laughs maniacally, <laughs> ready to bathe in the blood of his enemies. But as he is laughing, raising his palms toward his prey, he does not notice that Chargenzis has quietly approached him from behind. Without a word, Char places a hand on his shoulder. All right, Char, let's have that attack roll. Frig, man. Natural 20. Oh, <laughs> oh my yes. God. It is. All right, yes. I think you're probably about to drop this full. Go ahead and roll me that damage, Char. That's just double. And I, I was casting mm. that as fourth level. That's neat. Awesome. That's 12 D10. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's 120 max. I need to dig out my other D10s. <laughs> so let's see. 55, 56, 57, 58, 65... Okay. 71, 77, and 85. You don't just kill him. <laughs> you obliterate him. 
he sort of looks at the feel of your hand touching him <laughs> and gives you a grin throughout the time you release this spell into him and like what happens to him so everywhere that you can see his flesh exposed you just see like wounds opening up they don't necessarily look like cuts they're just opening and they're like at first they're bleeding but then they start festering and and they're just rotting and he just kind of like rots into a pile he screams (laughs) he just falls apart he just disintegrates looks like he is going to need a new body after all (laughs) hmm as all this is happening, sort of simultaneously, Saul, you just saw your father, Serastus, shove Servants into that churning sphere of souls. Saul's going to kill Serastus. Okay. What sort of attack are you trying to do? I pale a rapier, sticking it through him. Okay. I got a non-natural 20. Okay. Uh, roll me the damage. 18 total damage, seven of which is radiant fire. Okay. Having just seen him push Vance into the sphere, Saul, you dash toward him, rapier poised for the kill. Somewhere along the way, running forward, two great fiery wings burst out from your back as you take once again this strange form imbuing the power from your god. You grab your father by the horns from behind, yanking his head up to face you as you thrust that sunlit sword through his back. Serastus gasps in pain, his eyes rolling up toward you, his only son. What do you do? Saul leans down and says, Peasant. With the sword piercing through Serastus' chest, the sphere of souls slows, churning less and less as the ritual is interrupted. Dimvarga turns with a shout, What have you done? Looking into your eyes, Saul, Serastus lets out a long, final breath and says, Thank you, son. At that moment, Vance, you and Guy are walking down this path of light. Guy's taking you by the hand and you're leading him through. You can hear these souls whispering and yelling and then up ahead there is a sort of doorway. You step through it. What about the rest of these souls, Guy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea what to do, Vance. Maybe someone out there will. I guess. I guess the only option is to go through this door. Listen. I'll keep praying for you, and Paylor will send help. I know he will. Hopefully, because I'm gonna need it. You feel that burning in your chest. The symbol of Paylor glows once again on your chest as you step through and you pull Guy with you. But as you step out, he is a being of pure light and he sort of just disperses once you've stepped outside of the door. And you see a raging battle going on. There's a dragon engaged with the Howler and with Misk. Azuris has stepped over here beside Char. Char has disintegrated Braxton Tarek. Dimvarga is standing in the middle. And at the sound of you stepping out, she turns in time to see Guy as he disintegrates. <sighs> and you standing there with the sword in your hand and the symbol of Palor glowing on your chest. Well, Paladin, it would appear that you and I have some unfinished business, do we not? We do. 
She holds out her hand, and forming in it comes a long glaive made of pure darkness with a wicked blade at the tip. Then let us be done with it. She moves towards you. So, Vance, it's your turn. I'm going to use my Hexblade's Curse as a bonus action. And then I'm going to attack. Okay. That's uh, 16 total. 16 total is not enough. So Mm. you bring your sword down and she brings her glaive up to block it. Come now, human. You're better than this, aren't you? You want to make a second attack? Yes. (laughs) That is a 6 plus 8, 14. She definitely blocks the other. No, really. I expected more. And then she brings her weapon up into your face. She's going to try and stab you with it. That is a 26 to hit. Miss. (laughs) 11 damage. Then you take 11 more necrotic damage as this blade stabs into you and you feel this sort of sickness seek in through it. And there is a mark on your chest where she stabbed you. Mm. Oh, you're going to need... Here, let me help you with that. And then she spins around and tries to stab you in the gut. What a jerk. This one is the exact same attack roll. So you get hit again. You take 10 slashing damage and... 13 necrotic damage. Now you have a festering wound in your gut. Well, I'm down, so... You slip down to your knees. She puts a hand on your shoulder, and you feel the, uh, sort of the... Your your eyes are fluttering, your mind is fading just a bit. She holds you up, though, looking down your face. Don't worry. You'll be joined by all of your friends very soon. As you're sort of fluttering out of consciousness, though, you see something weird. You see this light form right behind her. And it is a very bright and blinding light. No one behind her can see it. It's right behind her, and the light only seems to be shining this direction. It's in the shape of a like a triangle gate, a triangular gate. Something about it seems familiar. And as your eyes are fading, you see a figure stepping out of this triangular gate. Lorik Darkbolt. <gasps> what? What? What do you mean? How is this possible? Lorik steps through the gate. He is wielding in his hand this golden yellow wand, and he is wearing these white robes with a sort of golden yellow linen and a symbol on his chest, a star symbol of the son of Pelor. And he is standing right behind him, Varga. Vance, you see this right as your eyes flutter back and you fall unconscious. Don't worry, sir, Vance. We found Guy. He's at home. Paylor sent me with help. Then Lorik turns, looking on Dimvarga. Her eyes are wide with shock. This cannot be. Lorik looks affectionately at Dimvarga and he says, Salute, my love. And he casts Fireball. <laughs> okay. Fireball. <laughs> okay. How many saves does that take away from me? <laughs> from Vance. 
I'm gonna say that uh, I'm gonna say that he can sort of control it here. He's, he's got that. What is that? That one wizarding ability where you can keep your friends from being damaged by your spells? It's an evocation thing, isn't it? It's an evocation thing. Which yeah. is what Lark was, and now he's like a super version of that. So you cast Fireball toward her. Your flame lights it up, and this sort of scream comes out of her as the flame licks up around her and the dragon just abandons battle with all of you and turns to her. Mm. At this moment, now it is just her and the dragon sort of standing back against this sphere. You can all see her there. Vance is on the ground. What are you going to do? We're going to save the tree. (laughs) I mean, Lorx is going to just nuke the crap out of her. Saul's is kill daddy, save Vance. Like, go and uh, lay on hands Vance as soon as possible. Yeah, Misk is going to immediately find where Saul is. So I'm going to say Saul is is kind of behind Vance because he was up near the sphere. Vance came through and, and stepped up toward Dimbargo while Saul was stabbing his dad. You see all this going on. You see this figure appear, this redhead wizard. He is now locked into a sort of Dumbledore versus Voldemort version of a battle with Dimbarga. And mm. Saul, going in order, it would be your turn in the initiative. So you want to step forward and try and heal Vance. Dive towards Sir Vance and going to burn my entirety of Lay on Hands pool. Okay. You give him back all you got, whatever that is. Correct. Misk, you turn and you see this dragon and this evil witch just locked into combat. They are casting spells back and forth, slashing. And Lorik honestly looks pretty impressive, you know, maybe for the first time in his life. Definitely the first time. He is grinning. He is agile. He is countering every spell (laughs) she sends. And with this golden wand raised toward her, he is just chipping away at her piece by piece. Misk is going to fly over toward them. Mm Mm-hmm. She sees Saul mm-hmm. taking care of Vance, and Saul's okay. Mm-hmm. So now she's going to focus on the dragon and Dimbarga. Okay. She's going to cast Lightning Bolt at fourth level toward the dragon. That is just a 15 he's got here. So mm. go ahead and roll me the damage on that Lightning Bolt. Oh, dang. That's 96. Yeah. Okay. Char, what are you <laughs> going to do in this moment? How close am I to Dimbarga? Close enough. I mean, you could get to her in one move. Actually, I'm just going to hang back, and I want to cast Guiding Bolt at third level. 14. Total against her, that's not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had my moment, you know. I'm not, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> He's like, I've, I've already melted a guy in, okay. in blood and pus. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, then we roll. It is now the dragon's turn. It is spending much of its time just trying to protect Dimbarga, moving very quickly, trying to take on most of the blasts that are coming from Lark. Some of them still get through, but you can see now that the dragon is actually looking pretty rough. And it's this moment when Misk's lightning bolt comes firing out toward it when it's caught a little off guard because it's focusing on Dimbarga. What exactly, how much damage did you roll? 22. Okay, so your lightning bolt strikes into it. It's looking worse for wear. It seems to have patches of its flesh missing. Vance, you are up. Dimvarga is now facing off with Lorik. 
you see all this going on. You see Dimvarga up faced with Larik. You also see it's the dragon behind her. It is. You can see that it is sort of patches missing. And you can see that it seems to be focused solely at this point on protecting its mistress. But as it is risen up behind her and it takes a lightning bolt in the side, you see a patch of this goopy flesh just fall off it. And underneath, a stone. Yeah, girl. What do you do? Get wild up in here. And get wild, huh? Alright, I guess I'll have to get wild then. Am I close to it? You're within range of it, yes. It's a 18 plus 8. 26. So what are you trying to do? Literally just stab straight into it with my sword. Try and stab right into the stone? Yes. Alright, you're rushing forward. And as you are rushing forward, you see the stone sort of flash. And you raise your sword running toward it. Roll me some damage, Vance. That's uh, 13. Okay. And I want to use Divine Smite at second level. Thought you might. Roll the damage. Five extra damage. Lorik catches you out of the corner of his eye running forward toward this beast and sort of picks up on what's going down. With a flick of his wand, Lorik sets a burst of fire between him and Dembargo, and he runs through the flames, catching her off guard. He gets as close as he possibly can. Locking her into a stalemate, he says, You know, you, know, you, know, you keep, keep saying, saying you wish, wish it didn't have to be this way. way. Is that, that true? true? You can, can still, still stop, stop off, you know, all of it. So, Lulu, you're a drink on Kelly. There's still hope. She hesitates for a moment, her eyes flitting back and forth between his. Lorik, I... No. You're wrong. It is too late for me. He will succeed, Larik. And there's nothing that you or I can do to stop it. Larik smiles. You're right. There's nothing we can do to stop him. But he can. Vance, you're running forward and you leaping bring this white great sword down right into the center of this blackened heart. Mm. The tip of your sword just stops right against this stone. And as it does, you feel that fire burning in your chest once again. And with it, you release the power of this radiant energy. But rather than just sort of like burning out from your sword, it burns up your body and down your arms and is helping you drive the sword forward. You hear this shriek come out of the dragon just as the tip of your sword cracks the exterior of this black stone. When it does, the dragon explodes. (laughs) Dimvarga shrieks, falling to her knees. Lorik steps back, puts his wand in his pocket. Saul, you're watching as all this sort of just comes to a settling stop. Lorik turns toward Vance, walks toward him. Dimvarga is down on her knees, gasping for breath, trembling. You see, I, I, I said I would always be 
by your side. Well, you weren't for a while there. You caused a lot of trouble. Uh, and you are a lot of trouble, still. But... I guess I'm still the hand that wields the sword. You do it well. You should practice on this. And he, like, points a finger at Denvarga. And probably more importantly, that is the stone laying there. It seems to be lying right on the ground. It is cracked. Just cracked? Big gash cracked right through it. Won't you take care of this dragon for us? Saul is wanting to walk up and put a flaming sword in that stone. Okay. Saul's walking toward the stone. Misk, what are you doing? Misk is definitely going to where Saul is. Make sure he's still safe and stuff like that. If she's sitting down there, I kind of want to decapitate her, to be honest. She's on her hands and knees, gasping for breath. (sighs) I don't understand how this is possible. We, We don't either. You all know this won't stop him. Miss does want to do one thing. She wants to throw the cloak down at Denvarga. Oh. Kind of like at her feet. Now meeting you, I'm nothing like you. I take my hand and put it on my chest where the symbol of Paylor is. Mm -hmm. And as a bonus action, I want to use all of my lay on hands pull. Okay. (laughs) And as I'm walking up, you know, taking steps towards her, I say... You may have taken down our party the first time, but you just can't keep the good guys down. And then I want to try to decapitate her. Okay. He wants to cut off her head again. Again. I didn't do it the first time, but... Yeah, that was killing. You uh, bring your sword up. She just sort of lets out a breath. (sighs) What a waste. This will not stop him. <laughs> Nothing can. She closes her eyes. I'm ready. You bring the sword down? Yes. You bring the sword down, you cut through her neck. Her head rolls forward. Her body goes limp. And everything around you starts to disintegrate. It starts falling apart. Everything just starts going to pieces. This place is coming apart. Let's go. Lorik levitates around. Howler takes flight. Mari takes flight, grabbing those that can't. And as this gigantic sphere begins to fall apart, you all fly up high above the Forsaken Circle. You all see across the land of the quaking as those are cheering as these forsaken beasts are also disintegrating, falling apart, and there's just a wave that goes across it. Saul, you have in your hand this stone. Cracked. You see as everything that it had wrought just falls apart to nothing. Is it beating in my hands? No. It's quiet. Saul's holding the stone up against his chest in both hands, and he just speaks to it while he's floating there. You came to the hells 
to destroy everything that I've known. You sought to end my family and my friends. Now I will take you to your utter end. 